Ladies and gentlemen of the band, praise the Lord, hallelujah. We're, we're going to have fun today, okay? Amen. We're going to be interactive. You know what that means? Yeah. We interact with each other. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to show a video. I'm going to ask you how it appeals to you or what stands out to you. I'm going to have some people do some reading. No talking right now. Ay, ay, ay. Rena's back. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Our songbird. Amen. She had a prophecy that you were going to be called, what, the trumpet of God, that you would be able to sing out? Was it called trumpet of? When they prophesied over me years ago, when I really got saved, um, they said that I would minister in song. And I said, wow, because she's going like this. I see music all around you. And she said, you're going to be a minister in song. And she goes, not only that, I know you want to be a little quiet girl. You're not. You're going <laughs> to so be a trumpet of truth, and people are going to listen to you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray that the Lord will take us on a good journey today. Father, we thank you that as we open up your word, that you'll show truths out of it that will encourage us, strengthen us, make us mighty men and women of God. We ask you, Lord, to just open our ears to receive our hearts, to understand all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, and all agreed said, amen. 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 So let's, uh, we're going to talk today about mountain-moving faith, faith to move mountains. And mountains, what are they? They're situations and obstacles and hindrances in your life that you have to get through. That mountain is preventing you to get to what God wants you to have. Sometimes it feels like a mountain. You can't see around a mountain, can you? You ever got to a mountain and you look and you go like, I know there's something on the other, on the other side, but I don't know what it is. God said we need to blow away that mountain so that you can see what God has for you. Praise the Lord. So we're going to have some readers. And, uh, you know, it's amazing that Jesus came to earth, did he not? Where did he come from? Heaven. And heaven, you know, he was able to just roam around the stars and the expanse of the sky. And then he came down to the earth, and guess what he had to do? Walk. Walk. What, what a downgrade. What a demotion, you know? I mean, like, here you are, you're free, and then all of a sudden, gravity. And you have to walk. And he had to walk wherever he went. And I don't know if you know the story about this uh, parent who had a child that would not cut his hair. And so the child, the teenager said, Dad, when I graduate, can you buy me a car? He said, yeah, I could buy you a car, but you're going to have to cut your hair. And he said, well, didn't Jesus uh, have long hair? He said, well, uh, Jesus also walked wherever he went, so... <laughs> you want to you wanna play that game, right? <laughs> okay, Father knows best. Isn't that true? Okay. So we're going to find this story. The story is about how Jesus, the week before he was going to be crucified, walked into Jerusalem, checked it all out. Then he went back out to Bethany, and he stayed the night, and then when he came in the morning, let's see what happens. Mark 11, 12 through 13. Let's see. All right. Bingo. 
Hello, hello. Hear me? And in the morning, when they, came, when they come from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily, he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Mark 11-14. When he said to the tree, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. So Jesus is coming. And I like the way it says, you know, Jesus got hungry, right? He got tired. He got thirsty. He was very human in all that he did here on earth. And so he hadn't eaten in the morning. You ever have that where you have to get up and you don't have a chance to eat? He's doing his things. He sees a fig tree with a bunch of green leaves and he gets excited. And I like the way it says, he happily would go by to see if there'd be some food. Don't, don't you get happy when it's breakfast time? <laughs> and what if you go down, there's nothing to eat. Oh my God, what's going to happen now? And so Jesus said, oh, you advertise green leaves and there's no fruit. And it was symbolic of the church of, uh, of, of the Jewish, Jewish people at that time where they proclaimed that they uh, knew God and that they loved God, but there was no fruit. So he, it was symbolic. He cursed it. He said, no one ever will eat fruit from you again. Amen? So you, you wonder, why did he do that when it says that uh, it wasn't the time for the figs? It was because they were advertising that, they were, uh, that this tree was producing fruit. Okay? And so let's see what happens. Sir Richard? Oh, 20. Uh, that would be uh, my sister. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for truly I say to you, Whosoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Isn't that nice that the Lord says that to us? Whatsoever you desire. Amen? Who, uh, uh, and this one says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shows no doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he, what? Says. 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 We have to say it. We can't just think it. We have to be able to say, because how did God create? What is his faith? How did he do it? When he created the heavens and the earth, he spoke it. He gave that same power to us to speak to situations. Not just think it, not just wink, not just hope, but say it. When you get married, when you got married, Richard and Sally, they, they, the, the minister came to you and said, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife, to have and to hold in sickness and health, to death do you part? And what did you have to do? What did you say? I do. If you don't say, I do, guess what? Nothing happens. <laughs> you can say, well, I, I love the girl. I mean, I brought all these tables and chairs and the bought everything. So, but you got to say it, amen? And that's what God wants us to do. It says, have faith in God. Or you could say it this way, have the God kind of faith. Now, I thought it was interesting that Jesus went from a fig tree to a mountain. Isn't that a big jump? You know, like, they said, oh, the fig tree withered. And they said, he said, you think that's something? 
You can speak to a mountain, and you can see things change. So I, I, I tried, you know, any, anytime I find something in the Bible that Jesus did, I want to try to do it myself, right? I did try walking on water. Yes, I did. Did not work. Did not work. Not even one step. I know Peter took a couple steps. I didn't even get that. But so I was, I was walking with Nathan the other day. I'm taking him under my wing and getting him into the basketball program. And so we're walking around, and I saw a fig tree. And I said, watch this. Watch this, Nathan. I'm going to curse this thing here. In Jesus' name, you'll never have fruit again. I command you to wither at the root. And so the next day we came by, and guess what? Thing was withered. Nathan, come bring, bring, that, bring that, uh, that tree that I cursed. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Show him the evidence there. That was a pretty big prayer, wasn't it? So, Nathan, can you testify that this fig tree was cursed? It withered away. It withered away. I, 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 but uh, was it withered when I spoke to it? Yes. Yes. You're, you're, not, you're not getting the script right here. You're not supposed to tattle on the pastor. Well, yes, it was sort of withered. I mean, there was some green in there. Yes. <laughs> okay, you know, uh, <laughs> you see this... Uh, Gun on your back? <laughs> All right, we'll work on it. But thank you anyway for, for trying to work. I have to work on him telling on the pastor like that. But <laughs> we do have power to command things to happen. When, when, the, when the fig tree withered and they told Jesus, he didn't go like, oh, whoa, I'm so surprised. It withered, really? You know, we're not supposed to be surprised when things happen. That's right. Amen? I've been praying for a, a, a rain clear Sunday. And I kept, you know, you pray, then you look at the weather report, you pray, you look at the weather report, and it just kept saying rain all morning, all, all morning. And I said, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe you're going to do it. Amen. And I woke up, and lo and behold, it was not raining. Then I said, Lord, can you? Put in a little sun in there, you know, so people won't be discouraged about coming to church. I know you would all come anyway, right? Okay. I'm going to remember that. But God is so good to us. And, you know, it's funny how, you know, Jesus jumped from a fig tree to a mountain. And it's kind of like one-upmanship. Have you ever been with somebody and you tell them a, a story and you have a testimony and they go, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you my story. And it's always better than your story. Like, you know, you, you tell them, I got to raise $100. Oh, really? Okay, I got, you know, I just got to raise for $250. Oh, okay. And then the other guy says, I, I got to raise for $300 and I got a, a bonus check for $2,000. So the little, poor little guy who only got $100 say, okay, well, thanks a lot. Good, good, good sharing things with you. And so Jesus is like, and this is the, I, I wish I could catch the tone of the way Jesus talks. Because he, you know, this is the end of his life here on earth. He's got one week left. And, and he knows he's going to go to the cross. You ever get irritated when you know things are going to, you have to do something? 
you got something on your mind, and you're set, and your, your family asks you stuff, and he says, oh, just leave me alone, okay, please. Okay? And, and so Jesus, I'm sure he's like, they're saying, wow, the fig tree withered. And he said, all right, you know what? Just ha- have a little faith, okay? You think that's something? Wait till you see this mountain. You can move a mountain. Now, can, has anybody ever seen a mountain moved? No. no, but, you know, I do hear a testimony, and I've heard about it from TBN. I don't know if you ever guys heard the story, but they were first setting up their TV uh, wave, wave uh, airwaves, and they couldn't get around this mountain. They were, the tip of the mountain was blocking the airways. They, they hired engineers and technicians to figure out how can we go around it, underneath it, over it. Some, how, how can we do this? And they could, no engineer could figure it out. So Paul and Jan went to the site, and they said, Lord, you said we can speak to this mountain, and it will be removed. We command this mountain to move so that we can get our airwaves and our, our television uh, you know, um, programs out. And lo and behold, the engineers came back and said, I don't know what you guys did, but it's going through now. And now we have complete programs, and they've gone all around the world because they've decided to exercise their faith like God said. Speak to the mountain, and it'll be removed. Praise God. Do you have a mountain that you want to move in your life? God said you can do it if you speak to it, if you have confidence. And we're going to talk today about healing, and I don't want to forget to mention this, so I'm going to mention this. You know the story in Mark 1, 40 and 41, where a leper came to Jesus and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me whole. He was begging him. He got on his knees and begged him. And Jesus said, I will be thou whole. Now, again, looking at the tone of it, you would think he would say like, okay, I, I, you know, we have nighttime service, but if you need a, you know, healing right now, I'll, just, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> it wasn't that way. If you look it up in the Greek, I was so amazed. It says, I will, I'll take pleasure, I delight, I would love to heal you. Oh, man. I said, oh, that changes everything. Now we're not trying to uh, twist God's arm. We're not trying to make him heal us. He's already provided it for us, and he loved to delight and take pleasure in healing us. Hallelujah. That's good news to me. Praise the Lord. Okay, so uh, now we get to Richard. So it, what does it say in Mark eleven twenty four? Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespass. Okay. So we see two requirements here. One is that you have to believe that you receive it when? Before. You believe you receive it when you pray. Then you, you, you receive it what? In the spirit realm, in your heart. Not in your mind. Our mind, we try to convince ourselves, I, just, I know God's going to heal me. I know God's going to be there for me. I know, but that's just your mind. It has to drop down into your heart. I know for sure God is going to come through for me. Amen? Amen. That takes a, that's a little bit of a process to let it drip and, and fall down. So believe that you receive it, then you'll have it. Most people say, I'll believe it when I see it. 
No, 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 no. You're going to be waiting a long time. <laughs> God said, believe it, and then you will receive it. And we're going to have a little uh, uh, video in just a moment here. But here's a little caveat that he throws in there. And um, I'm sorry Richard had to read this. It says, when you stand praying, that means you have to stand. That means there's a, there's a point in time where you have to keep on believing right? It says, if you believe what he says, and it will come to pass. That means some things are not automatic. Jesus spoke to the fig tree, and it was 24 hours later that it happened. So you might be speaking to things. Maybe you have to keep speaking to things. And while you're doing that, while you're standing, what do you have to do? Forgive one another. Because if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. We're going to talk about that next week when we talk about marriages, faith to overcome and believe in marriages. Isn't that kind of like, like, why you make us do that, Lord? Can I just have it for myself? I mean, I got to forgive that person that was so mean, that was so uh, ornery, who borrowed and didn't give me any money back. You know anybody like that? Boy, it's hard to forgive those kinds of people. But he wants us to do that. Now, it says, may you have faith. Let's look at the next scripture. People like to say, well, you just, if you just have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, Right? But Jesus said, because of your unbelief, this is when they're trying to cast out that demon, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be from here to there, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And what it says is, a mustard seed is planted, but you have to speak, it has to grow. You know, you have mustard seed faith, but it doesn't just stay there. Each of us is given a measure of faith, but we have to develop it and have it grow and have it uh, uh, bring fruit. Amen? So that's what we have to do. Now, I want to show you a video because I'm believing for healing in my body, so I figured, you know, I'm going to let them enter into the same thing I'm believing because it's the same principle whether you're believing for healing or finances or uh, healthy relationships. There's a saying, there's a believing, and then you'll receive. So we're going to show this video. He was a 26-year-old that was diagnosed with fourth stage cancer. And uh, they said, well, we can operate and we'll give you a 3% chance of making it through. I go, that's not a very good, you know, percentage. He says, or we'll just let it go and you got six months to a year. So he battled and he spoke to the situation. So what I want to do right now is have you, I wrote down at least 20 things that I heard and saw in that that encouraged me. And so I want to go around and ask you, what part of his testimony most affected you? What's something that you can implement into your life? Ooh, this is really good, guys, okay? About three, four years ago, maybe a little longer, God woke me up at 3 o'clock. Every day, and I was like, wait a minute, what's happening here, Lord? You know I got to go to work. So, um, and then I shared it with Pastor, and he says, it's God wants to spend time with you. Three o'clock, the Trinity, okay, all relevant. So then, about a year later, started waking me up at four o'clock. I said, okay, you didn't wake me up at three, now you're waking me up at four. You know, you're not confused. I'm confused. <laughs> so, he says, Jane, 
I never hear, don't, I don't hear voices, okay? Don't be afraid of me. But I can d differentiate my thoughts from the thoughts that God puts into me. So I said, but it's 4 o'clock. He says, at 3 o'clock, I want to spend time with you. And I have things to share with you. And at 4 o'clock, I want you to come to me. I said, wow. So when God wakes you up in those wee early hours of the morning, talk to him. See what he's seeking from you. And I'm telling you, he's awesome. Okay. Amen. That's exactly right. The three o'clock is the fourth watch, and that's the time that Jesus would go out and pray. He'd walk on the water. Uh, it's the time when the angels came and ministered to Jacob. So it's when everything is calm and still, and God wants to come and talk with you. So don't be surprised if he wakes you up at three, right, Tony? Is that what's happening to you, isn't it? Are you still on that regimen, or did you tell? You are. Praise the Lord. Uh, I can relate to that getting woke up in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's not to waste time. God doesn't wake you. He doesn't come and kick your bed. Hey, get up. <laughs> and then walk away. No, he wants to spend time with you. And there's a reason for it. If you're not going through something now, you're going to go through something. And that's why God is waking you up and trying to spiritually wake you up and strengthen you so that you can have the strength that you need to get what you're going to go through. Pastor, you know the story very well. Pastor Marianne and those of you who used to attend over at the community center. Remember when I cut my finger off? Yes. I cut the tip of my middle finger with a saw, a saw, a circular saw, doing a job. And I can relate to the part, Pastor, you asked what part can we relate to the testimony was the scriptures. I went to the doctor, I took that piece of finger, half of my nail was gone from my middle finger, so that these three fingers were all the same size. That's how much I had cut off, yes. And I missed playing the guitar during those days. But the doctor told me, Tony, your finger's not gonna grow back. You can forget it, you're not gonna have a nail anymore, you're not gonna have sensation, you, you lost your finger. To boot, I, the doctor had said that, and I went to Home Depot one time, and I still had my finger taped up, so I ran into an old friend who also does construction, and he said, Tony, what happened to your finger? I said, oh, I cut it off doing a job. He goes, oh, he showed me his hand, and his was stubby. He said, this is what's going to happen. You're not going to get your finger back. But I began to pray and claim the scriptures. I did what this young man did. I said, no, I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what society says. I don't care what my family's saying. My finger's going to grow back. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know the rest of the story, Pastor. Yeah, when he told me, I go, oh, you're our praise and worship leader. What do you mean? You know, <laughs> I said, God, you got to heal him. And we agreed in prayer and God did a, a mighty miracle. So we got a three o'clock. We got to speak to the scriptures. Anything else? Yes. I think you've told the story before, but when we lived in San Dimas, uh, when we first got married, we lived next to a bar. It was like here was the condominiums, and then there was a little mini mall. And between that mini mall and our uh, townhome, there was a bar. And so every time you'd walk to the um, mini mall, you'd smell and hear <laughs> the bar. So Pastor Chuck and I, one day, we just cursed it in the name of Jesus. And we didn't see, we did. And 
you know, we didn't know, I mean, we didn't think it was just going to, you know, be torn down the next day. But the reason I say that is because sometimes there's, there usually is time that comes between the time you pray or curse something or use the scriptures to when it actually happens. And so today, that bar is gone. I mean, I don't know. I don't know when they actually tore it down because we moved from there. But that bar is gone, and there's just a there's just a plain field there. So, God is good. Amen. Yeah, I heard that from somebody that you can curse something and, and have it, you know, disappear. And so we would do that. We'd walk by and I say, "I curse you in the name of Jesus." We didn't go to the owner and say, "You, I curse you." No, I'm just cursing your business because it's, you know, you're. Yeah causing people to go the wrong way. And yeah, all of a sudden, it was leveled. And the owner still was in the back, but the bar was leveled. And I said, oh, Jesus, you're so good. Amen? And I didn't get excited. I mean, uh, I was, I was, con I was um, convinced that God was going to do it. And we used to sing a song at other church, don't be surprised when it happens. You've been believing, you believe you receive it, and then it happens, you go like, yeah, I know, I know. Okay, I got more things. Yes, come on, run. There you go. That's a, that's a good run. I can relate to all the prayer and the waking up in the middle of the night. Um, but what's so awesome about God is that when we wake up, it's not just for ourselves. You know, um, a couple of days ago, um, I've been getting, you know, waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, okay, I know what this is all about, so I know i got to do something. So I'm like, okay, God, thank you so much for my pastor. Thank you so much for... His family, thank you for our yes. church, Lord God. God bless them, Father God. I pray healing yes. over my pastor. I thank you that every part of his body is healed in the name of yes. Jesus, yes. Father God. Yes. And I just thank you for Marianne and Charles, Father God. I thank you for all the teachers. And I'm just praying and praying and praying. And I started, I started hearing the Lord to tell, you know, tell me, pray for your kids, too. And I started praying over my kids. And I started praying over my son, Dominic. And the other day... He tells me, Mom, when I was coming home from taking Franya to work, he goes, about three cars almost, you know, plowed into me. He goes, and, and you know, he goes, man, he goes, I don't even know how I didn't get hit. He goes, but they were driving crazy in the rain, and he goes, and, they, and, and I almost got T-boned, you know, three times in that same drive going down Azusa. And I didn't say nothing to him. I just said, thank God that he was there for you. Because our kids don't know what we pray when we're sleeping, you know, when they're asleep at night. They don't know how we're covering them with the blood of the Lamb. They don't know that we are sanctifying them and purifying them and cleansing them along with our families and our members here at church. You know, we are here yes. as unity to cover each other with the blood of the Lamb, to pray for one another. So when we get up in that middle of the night, don't get irritated. See, because Satan wants you to be irritated. He wants you to be mad because you can't go to sleep and you got to get up for work in two hours. You know, but don't get mad because you know what? The moment you start praying, the moment you start giving God the glory, the moment that you stand out in faith and you're able to speak good words into everyone's life, you just broke the devil's back that night. Amen. So just remember that every Amen. time. Good job. Next. All I can say is that uh, 
And the scripture says, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. The only thing I can talk about is sometimes when we're un unfaithful, God is faithful. Yes. yes right. Sometimes he blesses even when we don't deserve it. And I, 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 I've experienced that in my life in a, in a negative. I mean, I'm in the negative, but God is faithful. And God amazes me and says, uh, he amazes me that I go, wow, you're blessing me. And then I, I think, wow, but you know how we're all linked together? We're all linked together and we're all connected together, even if we like it or not. And then, and then if you're in the body of Christ, you're really connected together by the spirit of God that's in you. So I was thinking about that. And um, sometimes God is faithful even when you're not faithful because there's an umbrella that God is protecting us of ourselves. Sometimes God protects us of our own decisions because there's consequences of when we make bad decisions. You know, when you sin, there's consequences. You know, we're not going to get away with anything. And that's, that's what the scriptures. But I just want to thank God that he's faithful when we're not faithful. I'm blessed when I don't deserve to be blessed. And it just amazes me. So Amen. I, I thank God for that. Yeah, I thought... Patricia was mentioning the accident, and I thought, Ray, you were going to mention how just last week you were driving and you had a load, a truckload, and it spun out from you, and you were looking at the traffic coming at you on the freeway, and somehow God stopped the traffic. But I wasn't seeking mercy in Jesus, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was towing some tar in a kettle, and it spinned around me, which pushed, pushed the truck into traffic. And I'll say, oh, I was cussing. I go, oh, yes, oh, yes. And, it, and all the traffic stopped. I go, oh, cool. <laughs> so I started and I continue. I call my boss and he says, well, if you feel unsafe, take it back to the shop. I'm already halfway there. I'm stuck. Yeah. So I just, I, I, instead of going 50 miles an hour, it's supposed to be safe at 55, but the, it was overloaded. And the way they had it hitched, the hitch is a long hitch. Yeah. It would go back and forth and pulled everything. So God is faithful. But the thing that you said for, out of your mouth after you cussed was, <laughs> I know Maggie is praying for me. <laughs> and the next, the next day he came to church and said, okay, Lord, I'm here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Lily, go ahead. Amen. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, what really impressed me um, in the video was where he was saying that he had all this pain, physical pain, and that he was, by faith, uh, throwing it off of himself, yeah. Pulling, yeah. pulling it off of himself. And the Lord reminded me back when uh, I had injured my back. I had a problem with the uh, sciatica. This was like 1979, so it's been a while. So it's still a testimony that I'm okay because the doctors couldn't do anything for me, and uh, all they could uh, do was prescribe pain pills. And I couldn't take them because they would make me drunk. So <laughs> it was really bad. So I just praise God that uh, it was kind of the same thing. What God taught me at that time, he says, what happens to you when you stay in faith? Because I was in so much pain, I couldn't even sit up to eat. I had to lay down. My husband would bring me a plate of food, and I would try to eat it laying down. I, I was just really in bad pain. I mean, I, I wanted to cry all the time. That's where I was. But at that time, God said, what happens when you stay in faith? And I had to think about it, and I thought, well, I start to feel better. He says, what happens when you get in fear? And it was like <clears throat> the pain got worse. And so he says, I want you to walk like, I, and I can picture myself walking down my hallway. 
I want you to walk a straight line and picture yourself when you stay in faith, you're walking that straight line and healing is coming to you. But when you get in fear, you start to waver and the pain gets worse. The pain would, it actually would get worse. So I just want to encourage you no matter, you know, and God healed me. I came completely out of that. I, I need to finish the story. But I came completely out and it started just by taking Staying in faith, and then I took a step of faith to walk on the track over on Edgewood High School, to walk that track with my daughter. She would run circles around me, and I was barely walking with a crutch. And God, little by little, healed me to where that sickness has not returned. It has tried to return, but, you know, we have the power in the name of Jesus to resist it. Amen. Amen. That's so true. One thing I noticed about him, he said when he was praying, the, the pain didn't go away right away. And then the first time the Lord woke him up at 3 o'clock, and he was praising God, and the pain went away. He woke up the next day. It was there again. You, you wonder, like, well, what, what's up with that? But it's just like Peter was walking on the water, and he looked at the situation, and he fell. And Lily, when she's staying in faith, she stays above it all. But when you, you know, give up or fear, you sink. Yes. Anything else that you... Uh, Bindi, there has to be something you have. Uh, I, she takes good notes, and she always talks back to me what I preached on Sunday. She says, Pastor, I like that one part that you said, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Did you, how many notes do you have? Do you have a lot of notes? Just, uh, of notes? You have a couple of pages, but how about from the video? Anything that's, that struck you? Uh, yes. There you go. <laughs> how many, we only have uh, five more minutes. Um, I, I pray for my son. Uh, my son, when he was very young, uh, he got very sick, and uh, his left lower lobe of his lung did not come back to function uh, properly. Oh, there we go. So I pray for him, and uh, make a little short story even shorter. It's been exactly one year since the last time he was in the hospital, which is really a miracle, because he's normally in the hospital anywhere from about four to six times a year with that lung. And he plays ice hockey. And that's one thing that uh, was difficult, was finding a doctor who would let me, let him play ice hockey. I have been called the world's worst mother for letting him play. Uh, but you know what? I'm not gonna take away his boy's life. I'm not gonna let him live in a shoebox. And uh, I keep praying for him and I always tell him, Honey, you need to believe that God has healed you. You are healed. I mean, for heaven's sakes, you still stand in a net, and you still stop a puck. So uh, with that, I praise God so much, and it's been a year, because last February, he was in the hospital the entire month of February. They could not get that thing to stop bleeding. And he, lo and behold, Jesus, in Jesus' name, thank you so much. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's one of the things that came out in there. He said, I'm not going to let this, you know, he was, you know, four-stage cancer. He said, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do all the things that I'm supposed to do if I was healed. And sure enough, God met him. So faith is an act. It's doing it. Our last scripture, our last slide up here. I put down three, one more. I put down three steps for Bible victory, right? Find a promise that applies to your situation. Isn't that what he did? He went through all the Bible on healing and said, okay, which one am I going to stand on? You can't stand on them all. You've got to have one that you focus in. The rest are kind of like, uh, you know, a crescendo for you, but you want to find a promise that applies to you. And then 
Uh, you got to speak the word, which would be number three, but you have to enter into the spirit realm. Where is your healing? Where is your victory? Where is your deliverance? It's in the spirit realm. God is a spirit, and you have to get into the spirit. I don't know what it takes for you, whether it's to sing like he did, to pray, to quote the word, to fast, whatever it takes, you've got to get into God's realm, God's place, God's arena. And then you can just receive what he has. Because if you love Jesus and you're with him, he'll freely give to you all things. Amen? And then you speak the word of God to your, to your mountain. Continually speak, speak, speak. The devil wants to shut you up and keep you quiet. But he can't do it because he knows if you speak, you will have whatsoever you desire. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. I thank you, Lord God, that we have um, treasures in heaven. We have situations that we can overcome because God is with us. And so, Father, I thank you that these words that went forth will encourage us to be able to want to do those things that you've called us to do. The word that you've spoken over us, we receive it and we believe that we have it. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen.